Welcome back to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. And I'm Ashley. And we are going to dive right into our spoiler-filled discussion of A Princess in Theory by Alyssa Cole. If you listened to our previous episode, we did our episode-long pitch uh, convincing you to read this book, and now we are going to get right down into the nitty-gritty and our favorite parts of this book. And if you missed our previous episode, we are warning you now, there will be spoilers from this moment on. We try to do that so that you can go and listen to the other episode if you haven't read it, and then once you have read it, Come and enjoy this episode where we talk about everything there is to talk about. And this is the first time that we really tried to include our listeners in this reading experience, Mm -hmm. which was so fun and it was so great to see everybody who was picking up their copies from the library or a copy on audio or an e-copy, or even just ordering um, the mass market paperback along with us. This is something we're really excited to continue doing as we go through season two. And I don't know, it was so fun seeing everybody read along with us. Yeah, I'm really excited that we did this and glad. And because Phoebe and I really do want to... you know, have guests on and be able to have more of an interactive experience with all of our listeners. And as we kind of navigate that transition and making that um, more of a reality, we really appreciate all your patience and your enthusiasm. Um, And yeah, we loved seeing all of your, your messages and your reshares. And I'm excited to finally get to talk about all those things. I know. This was a really fun one because I went back and forth for the first time ever. I'm really not usually good at balancing um, a physical copy and an audio copy, Mm. but this was the first time I tried to go back and forth and it was so well worth it because the, um, I'm not sure who the actor is on the audiobook, but I thought they did a really, really great job and all the accents were fun and I felt like I was really like immersed in uh letty's world um especially like the the setting of new york was like so vivid to me and i haven't felt that way in a while reading a book about new york city i loved having the narrator's accents like i just oh there's something like Naledi. Like, it was so sensual. Like, her name is so sensual on his lips in the audiobook. I think we said this in the last episode. All of the audiobooks are available with a Scribd membership. And they are also available on Libro.fm or any other place where you get your audiobooks. So, highly suggest checking them out. They are a little bit cheaper than some of the newer releases, which is good. Mm-hmm. For sure. And that was definitely something that was fun uh, as well because I think – We mentioned in the spoiler-free episode that Letty's profession was oddly timely. (laughs) And so Letty is an epidemiologist, which I have a friend who is uh, a, she works in a lab. She's a scientist. So I knew what an epidemiologist was. (laughs) But did you ever think that it would be an essential profession that would be on our minds so much in the past few months? (laughs) Like... My best friend's a pharmacist. I talked to her about pharmaceuticals and oh, that sounds that sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, did you ever think that like having an epidemiologist as a friend would come in clutch during 2020? I've never felt so much like a YA character in a dystopian novel than I have in this last eight months. Are we on eight, month eight now? I don't know. Um, I, I stopped counting because of 20 <laughs> Here's a positive way to look at it. If 
you um, have ever been thinking about writing this book here, like a book on a YA, YA dystopian novel, here is your opportunity. You've got real life experience now. Add that to your, you know, resume and you've got all the material you need to make a really great book. For sure. But something that was really great about this book, um, besides that, that it was timely, was that it also mentioned a lot of things that we've been hearing in the news right now about how a, like a virus can negatively affect lower economic status families uh, because the resources just aren't available. And I think that's something that we've been hearing a lot about in the news. Yeah. And so we always talk about how, like, you know, fiction can uh, teach us sometimes more than nonfiction. And I think hearing from fictional characters when you weren't expecting, like, I, I went into this book basically pretty blind. I knew it was going to be a royal romance, so I knew I was going to love it. But I think hearing about the struggles of the Bisos' home country and, like, the communities there and then obviously, like, what Letty has gone through and what she wanted to do to um, make things more accessible and better for people yeah. of color in regards to healthcare and um, access to uh, testing and all of that. I also think that she talked about her budget being cut in the U.S. for mm -hmm. funding for research to find out about, you know, different viruses and whatnot. Oddly enough, Nick and I are re-watching re The West Wing right now, and we just watched an episode in season two where the president of a country in Africa comes to the United States um, and has a meeting with President Bartlett, and he's begging for resources because his country is, like, overrun by AIDS, and uh, they have a meeting with, like, because at the time, I, I don't know if this is still true, and I don't know if you will know the answer to this. I guess at one point, the United States pharmaceutical industry had the patents for um, the HIV mm -hmm. AIDS drugs, like mm -hmm. for, and like they were like disproportionately charging other countries mm -hmm. and uh, like African countries, obviously with like conversion rates and the difference between our money, like they could not afford to um, get these drugs for their people. So their countries were just completely dying. So in the episode, obviously, they're, like, they're trying to work something out. And we keep looking at each other and we're like, how are, like, this show came out in 1999. Like, how are these issues, like, still kind of prevalent? Mm -hmm. So, like, to use the 2020 phrase that I feel like we've seen a lot is, like, it just hits different. So that's what I felt like from this book. I was like wow, like, obviously it's this, like, wonderful romance, but there are so many other aspects to it that, like, hit different in 2020. Yeah. I actually, I do know a little bit about that, and obviously I'm not, like, prepared to speak at it, speak on it at nauseum right now, but um, I took a bioethics course in mm -hmm. law school where the entire focus was on the intersection between law medicine and morality um and it was a fascinating class and we covered um, the financial parameters and restrictions on life-saving drugs in a variety of different contexts and it was just mind-blowing i really did like that this book touched on that even though it was unexpected for us because i think that 
if this was a few months ago, I don't know if I would have been able to handle it. And I think Lisa at Cold Brew Book Reviews, she sent us an audio clip and I think she had thoughts on this. So here's what Lisa had to say. So when I first picked up A Princess in Theory, I did not read the synopsis. I went in blind, so I had no idea that Letty was an epidemiologist. If I had done that four or five months ago, I probably would have put it down because I just remember being triggered by uh, dystopian settings or talking about even major viruses or illnesses was triggering to me. So I think the fact that we're seven months in to a pandemic has helped, ironically. Um, but I also think the fact that it was, it's romance, it's a romance book. So even though she is an epidemiologist, that's not the huge main focus that is really serious in the book. It's still light, it's still funny, it's still soft and sweet. And I think the genre helped a lot. Yeah, I think Lisa put that really well. It was more like a, it was like funny for me that I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> didn't see that coming. Um, but I don't think it, it didn't affect my ability at all, like like she said, to, to enjoy it. I think it actually enhanced mm-hmm. how much I enjoyed this book because I felt that it was really relevant. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I mentioned this in the spoiler-free episode, but it's worth repeating. I also loved how there was this like modern fairy tale, very escapist aspect to this book, but then it was very grounded. I think it speaks to Alyssa Cole's ability to sort of marry the the real life aspects of romance in the sense that like, okay, everybody's in love, everybody like or we hope everybody's in love. We hope everybody is with, in a healthy relationship with a partner, but also like our lives do go on outside mm-hmm. of our relationships. And I finished her book, her latest thriller when no one is watching recently. And she does such a great job of blending these incredibly important social issues and societal issues within the given circumstances of characters so that you are so immersed in the plot that the things like the plot and the characters are so well thought out that she can include these big topics like gentrification Mm -hmm. and um, healthcare inequality and all of that within everything else. And it, I I mean, I think it, it creates an even better story. Yeah. Yeah. Getting back to the main plot point of the book, we do have this relationship with the Biso and Letty and things get a little steamy, a little mm-hmm. fast. And Letty does not know the Biso's true identity when they get close. Alexa, play <laughs> Let's Get It On. <laughs> yeah, I definitely like when I was reading the book, it didn't really bother me because obviously we knew, like yeah. as the reader, the audience member, whatever, we knew the Biso's intentions and we knew, like we knew his heart already by the, by that point. Right. Um, but I also, we also knew Letty really well at that point. And I was like, I don't know if Letty will appreciate this. Right? Like um, I, I, I would not, you, you just like feel a little... I don't know, like blindsided. 
For sure. I think it's one of those really difficult things where, like, the plot had to overtake at that point because it was necessary for that mm-hmm. to happen to get to the ending. Yeah. I, I didn't love it, but I also understood, like, the, the mechanical aspects of it from, like, a writing perspective. Yeah, yeah. And I think Alexandra from Bindings and Unwindings had thoughts on this. So here's what she had to say. I thought that he handled it well, not um, giving away his identity. That's exactly how I would have assumed somebody would have handled it because it was already assumed that that's what she thought. Like, I don't think they would have developed as strong of a relationship if he would have been like, I'm the prince that you're supposed to be married to that you think is a scammer. Yeah, I think I agree with her. Like, I didn't... I don't blame him because of the way that she had responded beforehand. Like, the fact that if, if he had come in there and said he had all the intention to to enter that kitchen and say like hey i'm prince the biso from this solo and where did why did you leave and blah, blah 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 like he had full intentions of doing that and then she had no idea who he was and it's just like it's one of those things where like the moment passed and then he's like okay well now what do I do? How do I handle this? Maybe this is like a better situation for me to be able to actually talk to her. Like, So I get it, even though I really wish that he had told her beforehand, before that moment. Like I get not telling her right away, but like I wish before things had escalated physically, he told her. Yeah, I agree. Um, especially like Letty is such a guarded person. I, I mean, obviously, like, we see the resolution of their relationship and we under, like, we get to see how she works it out. But, like, just knowing, mm-hmm. like, being, like, going through the foster system and being an orphan and, like, not really have it. Like, she, trust is a hard thing for her. So as, yeah. like, the reader, it, it was hard to know that that was going to really hurt her later on especially when like you know we it was fun to like have a steamy moment and there was so much tension built up between them by that point so like I I was ready for it but I also like I, I felt for her in that moment because I was like oh no like I think I would feel duped and not not happy yeah uh, but I asked but I also understand like she totally wouldn't have given him the second, like, she would yeah. not have heard him out. Like, she would have, he probably would have been arrested. <laughs> oh, uh, honestly, yes. I think that's so, like, in the beginning when she's getting these, like, emails from yeah. the, like, and she's like, oh, this is so dumb. And then when she finds out, like, oh, my God, wait. <laughs> so they that wasn't a scam. Like, I thought that was, like, such a fun aspect to it. But, yeah, I agree. I think she would have been, like, uh, you're crazy, uh-huh. And I'm calling the police. And it's so like funny because I have definitely not in like the past like 10 years, but I swear when like email was a more prominent form of communication, like social communication, I got a lot more spam emails that were like, I'm Prince blah, 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 blah. You have a million dollars. Like just. I mean, that's what my DMs look like <laughs> on the daily. <laughs> so it's like, you know. What do we think? It's spam. So what? Letty's reaction to thinking like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, is totally a valid thing. And like, maybe I should like, you know, think about these messages a little bit before I delete them because. You I could have had a betrothed, I, I mean, I, I don't need a betrothed. However, I would appreciate like if 
finding out I'm an heir of a throne or something and I have like all this money in some other country like that would be that would be nice yes anybody want to adopt us (laughs) realistic goes abroad I know seriously Um, But I think, like, I mentioned earlier on in this series when we were talking about this book, like, why I love royal romances so much. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, like, part of that aspect that just, like, that little piece of childhood that we, like, never give up on. That, like, you know, you could be someone else from, like, a far-off place or you could have, like, be a descendant of that. Just having, like, I don't know, a piece of you be... A little extra special is just something like so fun to explore. It puts a little bit of like fairy dust on an otherwise bland world, which is like. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, otherwise, like, what would those spam, if he wasn't a prince, like, what would those spam evil emails have said? Like, they would not have, I mean, obviously, like, she still thought that they were ridiculous, but. Our honorary third (laughs) co-host, Haley, loved this book, and she shared some really, really wonderful thoughts about what this book meant to her. Yeah. I think Letty is such a fantastic character for a romance because Letty was so unapologetically herself. Um, She had grown up in a way that made her depend on herself, and she really struggled with depending on other people, even her friends in her life. Um, So when this prince came who was trying to kind of give her the world on the platter, she didn't know how to accept that, and I felt like that was very realistic. I don't love in some romance when, like, the hot guy shows up who has a million dollars and suddenly, like, the female characters are like, oh my god, I love you, because, like, that's just, like, not real. As much as I want a million dollars, I'm not just gonna go, like, follow some random man, like, who just showed up after emailing me, you know? It's just not realistic. Yeah, that's such a good point. Letty grew up in the foster system and really had to learn how to take care of herself and be self-sufficient and not trust people and that hard exterior was like a perfect storm for someone like the Biso to come into her life and it took a while for her to trust him and then to feel like he was lying to her I think that that is a very realistic and really great heroine for us to see yeah I definitely think that so as I'm sitting here being like, I love modern fairy tales. It's just magical. I had a very great upbringing. Like I had a wonderful loving family and all of that. So like, you know, you can't help but think for someone like with what Letty has gone through and like having to learn to be this like self-sufficient character. Like, of course those emails look like spam because she does she does not need anyone to save her because she has yeah. taken care of herself for so long, which... You know, we love strong female characters. So I think it's like, it's awesome to see that. Yeah, absolutely. And here are some more thoughts from Haley on Letty's relationships in this story. I like that this story had this undercurrent of family and the importance of family while also stressing that there's no one definition of family. Letty's parents were obviously extremely devoted and committed to her going as far as to leave a country and come to the United States for what they felt was a better life for their daughter. And I think that Letty then, throughout the book, kind of creates her own family uh, with her friends and the community she makes in New York. 
And I think it's highlighting that family isn't just the nuclear or biological family we're born into, but the family that we can create, and then the family that she ends up creating with um, her betrothed. Yeah, I love the 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 discussion of family that we get in this book because I'm a big believer in that you get to, you know, friends can become family and we can make our own families um, regardless of what, I mean, like I have a wonderful biological family, but I also have friends in my life who I definitely created like a family unit with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, another thing that is interesting to see over the course of this novel is how Letty's relationship with her her parents changed and how the Bisos understanding of her parents and like their country and all that kind of changed and even the Bisos mother because the Bisos mother was best friends with Letty's mom and kind of the hostility or betrayal that she had felt when she didn't understand why Letty's parents just up and left and um I think as a reader like you're reading this and you you don't know why Letty's parents left for the vast majority of the novel yeah and they gave the ultimate sacrifice of like leaving their entire world behind to for Letty I don't know it was just a really beautiful testament of how you never really know someone's whole story yeah and i mean they had such great side characters and secondary characters Mm -hmm. in this book portia and letty's friendship i think that that was something that was like really important to see i'm definitely like an i told you so type of friend which i'm not proud of um (laughs) but i loved like i don't know I i loved seeing their friendship yeah and i also think like a character like portia there's so much to her story that we saw in this book and that I know I left this book feeling like I need to know where Portia's going next, need to know more about her journey towards her own self-discovery. Yeah, I'm really excited to continue on with the series. And then something else that Haley mentioned that we didn't talk about in the spoiler-free episode that I feel like we should have is that the solo is a made-up African country. I appreciated that this story also was about a fictional African country. I feel like there's so many books about fictional European countries and European princes, and they're always these blonde-haired, blue-eyed princes of fake place next to England. And so it was really, really great to read about a king and a kingdom um, of people who booked like me. As always, I am eternally grateful for Haley sharing her thoughts with us and just for being our friend um, because this is a, a perspective that is necessary for us to hear, for other listeners listening to hear because it showcases how even in a situation where we've got a fictional fairy tale and a fictional country and it's all it's make-believe in a lot of ways, there's still a representation issue in these type of books books and not only am I thankful for Haley for making it known how important and valuable it feels to be a reader and see yourself represented I'm also really thankful for authors like Alyssa Cole who do that and um, we need to continue to promote those books Yes, I 100% agree. I think it's something that, you know, our privilege doesn't really 
it blinds us to it, which is a huge problem in and of itself. But I completely agree. And I mean, even within like fantasy realms, I think that we could really like expand these fictional worlds. And I'm so I'm equally grateful and I echo everything that you said, Ashley. And I also loved how this was like a fictional world for the separate reason that kind of like what we were saying before about the juxtaposition between having the fictional Thesolo in the very real New York City and using Thesolo as a uh, tool to be able to highlight all the issues in America. Yes, I, I think that it's such a magical part about this and like I mean, one of my favorite words in the English language literally is juxtaposition because it's so complex, but I love the simplicity of taking a fictional world and letting that be a lesson because it doesn't have to be a fictional world or a fictional society. We can implement these things because treating human beings with dignity and respect and giving them a good life, I don't think is as hard as people think it is. I know, right? Like, and I'm just so thankful that we have someone like Haley, who like in a single conversation, I can talk about like the amount of sex scenes in a book and also dismantling the patriarchy and like also talking about a black woman making it in STEM about a book that centers on an epidemic while we're going through a pandemic. I mean, Ugh. she's ser- she is the smartest person i am not even saying this like i hope Haley, stop listening right now <laughs> okay uh, uh she is literally the smartest person like every time i have like a half thought that's in my brain like kind of like just like rolling around in there and not making any sense Haley will just like come out with like the perfect words to string together exactly what i was thinking and say it way more eloquently eloquently than i could ever say so I thank her once again for her thoughts on this yes and thank you to everybody who read along with us everybody who submitted um some of their thoughts on this book we are definitely going to continue doing this and it just makes everything makes the the reading experience so much richer because we learn so much from each other as other readers so a big thank you and a shout out to everyone who participated and we will definitely be announcing more opportunities to do this soon. Yeah, if you didn't get the opportunity to read along with us this time, we hope that you will be able to next time. Yes, uh, which we will beginning be beginning our new series in just a few short weeks. So be on the lookout for that on our Instagram And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcast and to stop by today's Instagram post at readitorlistitpod with your thoughts on today's episode. And you can also stop by our websites, readandwrite.com and shelflovebookblog.com for a link to purchase your copy of A Princess in Theory or any of the other books in the Reluctant Royals series. Be sure to join us next week for an author interview with Jane Ignaro, whose new book, The Ties That Tether, just released the last week of September. I'm really looking forward to talking with her. And if you haven't seen this book, guys, it is the prettiest cover I think I've seen from any book in 2020. It's stunning and it's so good. We hope you have a great rest of your week and thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.
Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at Read It or List It Pod. All rights reserved 2020.